0: All right, we've got a great episode for you today. Happy eight one six day, Kansas City. We're going to be talking about some openings around the city. First, we'll get into uh, some preseason game highlights that we'll talk through. Uh, some openings around the cities. Uh, talk about what we tried this week. Kansas City made the news again, so we've got a hey look there's KC. Uh, some personal pine tar's and then the mixed plate of interview, world of fun rides and an interview and an interview. Tucker Franklin on the show to talk uh, about Chief's training camp so far. So uh, lots to get to in this episode. Kansas City is home to a rich brewing history dating back to the 1880s with Ferdheim and George Muehlbach, and the marks they made can still be seen today throughout the city.
1: Nailed it on the name, by the way. Good job.
0: Thank you. Prohibition took its toll on the breweries in KC, but in 1989, nearly 100 years later, Boulevard Brewing Company... Founder John McDonald rekindled that brewing tradition when he brewed and sold his first batch of pale ale at Ponax. Ponax, people forget. More than 30 years later, that spirit of Kansas City can-do attitude is in everything Boulevard does, from creating Tank 7 and an award-winning American Saison to brewing Space Camper Cosmic IPA an exhilarating exploration into the universe of hops to deliver one of the nation's largest barrel-aging programs and even more recently with the introduction of cork hard seltzers, real fruit, real Q-bones. fun, Q-bones. Q-bombs. At the heart of Boulevard Brewing Company lies the intersection of traditional brewing and modern technology. Visit the brewery and take a tour to sip and see 32 years of brewing excellence and maybe catch a glimpse of the future to where that Kansas City spirit of innovation will lead. Boulevard Brewing Company, Kansas City, Missouri. Welcome in to State Your Line, a podcast for Kansas Cityans, by Kansas Cityans, presented by Boulevard Brewing Company. We are the Ritz Brothers. Today is August 16th, 816 day. Happy 816 day, Kansas City. Uh, You can celebrate today by, I don't know, going to a a local restaurant, maybe. That's a good uh, idea. Doing something local. There's a 816 day concert at City Park tonight. Performances. Performances by some local artists. Yeah, yeah. At
1: yeah. Uh, City Market. It's Including free. a like a circus aerial arts performance thing with an emphasis on storytelling. Okay. <laughs> That's circus, a heck of a way to listen to a story. Circus Scorpius uh, is one of them. So yeah, there is an 816 day celebration going on in the City Market. I hope they bring concerts back to the City Market. Be awesome. Remember concerts mm-hmm. at the City Market? OAR. First concert I ever went to mm-hmm. was pro AR at the City Market. Yeah. Um, I think I was in eighth grade. I don't know. It'd be awesome. Why mom and dad let me go? I smelled. I I didn't smoke. I smelled pot for uh-huh. the first time ever, and I was like, "Hmm, smells like a skunk. I wonder why that is." <laughs> um, that was at Broar at City Market. So I hope they bring that back. Uh, concerts, but eight one six day there is a celebration, free celebration concert thing at um, at the City Market. Uh, There's Circus Scorpius Which is a like a Cirque du Soleil type thing But Mm -hmm. local, aerial arts performance With an emphasis on storytelling Then there's Kyle Jones, a saxophonist uh, And then a band called The Black Creatures Which is a duo of uh, musicians So all of that is going down At the City Market Along the Casey Streetcar route uh, Fifth Street um, In that area So that's from 5.30 to 8 o'clock tonight Celebrate okay. 816 day. All right. Uh, I will celebrate 816 What day by, I mean, continuing to have a 913 number.
0: You ha- oh, yeah. I have a that 913 number. That is true. Uh,
1: which is really embarrassing. I, I know I've talked about it a lot, but, you know, as a Missourian who hates Johnson County and will never move back to the Kansas side of the state line, I grew up over there. It's been mentioned many times. And my cell phone is still the first number that I've ever gotten. When I was 16, I got a cell phone, and it's still a 913 number. So um, it often confuses people that made me for the first time and know how big of a Missouri guy that I am, that I have a 913 number. I feel yeah. it's a kind of a little bit of imposter syndrome because I feel like a fraud. Yeah, yeah, I'd be embarrassed. You haven't thought about changing it? No, I would never change. Do you think my you could just change? the 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 area code. code yeah the, the area, area code. code um i don't i don't know it's, it's worth asking t-mobile i'll get mm-hmm. the higher ups at t-mobile i want to talk to uh yeah, sounds like C- a, a fun couple of hours on the phone C- no see. no i'll go directly to the ceo of t-mobile mm-hmm. and say this is what i need to happen um but yeah do you remember when air, you didn't even need area codes to dial numbers uh, no, I don't remember that. Oh, okay. Well, it used to be like before cell phones were in everywhere, you know, you just had home phones and you didn't need area codes. And then I remember it was a big moment in Kansas City and it was like in the paper and all this stuff. We always had area codes, but you didn't need them in Kansas City when you were calling local. And then there's a big moment where even if you were calling local, you had to dial the area code. It was, it was a big gripe. I'm sure mm-hmm. it was a lot of people's personal pine tars at the time, but uh yeah happy eight one six day it's Kansas City Day because of the area code of our phone numbers yeah uh, uh,
0: not our other people's and and speaking of T-Mobile I got to go to the T-Mobile center for the first time with the rebranding and everything yeah pink uh, pink it's everything pink, pink everywhere yeah uh, but if you have a T-Mobile number you get to go through the T-mobile line so it's kind of like you get this VIP fast love line it going through with T-mobile is that how it was when you were T-Mobile, when it was sprint? I don't remember yeah. but uh but T-Mobile has like this pink carpet that they roll out and you get to walk straight in. It's all um, about branding. But uh, I mean, I will say like Sprint Center is what 10 12 years old now. 15. 15-ish. Yeah. yeah. Um still still got it. Still looks uh, good. Still looks good. It's so easy. Did to, you see our our good friend, good good friend Gary Lumineer perform? Yes, he did. Okay. Um and I mean, truly, it's it's very easy to get a drink. There's not a lot of long lines because of how much concession they have open. And uh-huh. this was a sold out concert. Yeah. for the Lumineers at the Sprint Center. So I was very impressed with the cleanliness. And T-Mobile. then I T-Mobile Center. Mm-hmm. I'd never been to a concert and sat up on the second deck. Yeah, neither have I. Well, uh, yeah, I have. Yeah, I have. and I was straight on from the stage, and it's still an awesome seat. Like mm-hmm. you still feel the music and everything. I also was able to sneak down onto the floor for the opening act. There you go. Uh-huh. Just a case of act like you know where you're going. Yeah, still got it. And uh, so that was pretty sweet. But cool. But Sprint Center, T-Mobile Center now, still got its fastball. State-of-the-art still. Still got its fastball. All right. Uh, remember all right. when they had that quick trip in there and everyone went nuts mm-hmm. about it? Yeah. And plenty of quirks. The two flavors, they had the strawberry, uh-huh. lemonade, basil, uh-huh. and the grapefruit. Nice. That made the cut, too. So Nice. Q-bones were there. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, preseason game. Chiefs. Played some football. Played football. Patrick Mahomes played football. New, it was tape. beautiful.
1: New tape for Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. which you love to see. Um, Eleven plays we got to see. Love it. That's all. That was great for the first game. Any overreactions? I didn't. I haven't watched it yet. I watched the first drive, and that's that's literally it. Okay. Uh, luckily, we're having Tucker Franklin on, who uh, you know is for, with Kinsey Sports Network, and is all we're going to talk about mostly camp. But mm-hmm. also the preseason game, so he can
0: fill us in on some. But, but what, what do you have? Okay, so here's what I have. I mean, Mahomes just made it look easy. I mean, just look. The, Bear, Bears, the Bears stink. Are are stinky. They're and so like, bad. And like you watch their first team offense go out there, and you just have to be like, oh shit. Nah, Justin Fields made a couple. But like three and out, three and out. Yeah, yeah. To start off, yeah, you got to be thinking, oh shit. And then compared to the Chiefs going eleven plays, Mahomes goes six of seven on that drive, throws a touchdown. Pass, whatever he wants to and do, and you're just like he did whatever he wanted. Yeah, uh, which I mean, was really really fun. Yeah. to watch.
1: Yeah, that's how it was in that the last time we played the Bears too. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's a good franchise and a bad franchise playing each other, and and uh, yeah, I mean we lost the game, devastating. Yeah, um,
0: <laughs> Dustin Crum thought he had the clutch gene, who's could that? Not That's the fourth-string quarterback. Oh, wow. Yes, he did not was not able to lead us on that comeback. Dang it. Uh, So,
1: yeah, hopefully we'll dig into a little bit more uh, of that game with Tucker. But uh, it was fun to see, you know, again, I've seen every single Mahomes play, Mm -hmm. ever. I've seen every time he's thrown a football, ever. And so when I get to watch him do new stuff with a football that I haven't seen, I do enjoy that. So um, I hope he plays maybe – no, just one more series, one more series in preseason, mm-hmm. maybe two more series. Yeah, I don't anticipate him, maybe, him playing. Maybe like twenty plays. Is, yeah, would that's, be good. That's good with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, lo- love love that football's back. Um, love that like on Friday, Saturday night this past weekend, like I had an NFL game to switch to if I needed to. So uh, yeah, football's back.
0: I love it. Um, but yeah, we'll get we'll get into it more Tucker then because. There's, there's, there's some good things that I saw. Okay, good. Um, all right. Uh, let's jump into some openings around the city now. Uh, looks like we've got a new location for Kava. Is this Uh, a new location or the first location? Okay. They're in Overland Park, I thought. Two of them. Yeah. Two of them. What are you reading? Or is that new? So I think they're both new. They're I think one new. is open and I think the other is like still being built, right? Or okay, they both one open. is in Corbin Park on 135th, yeah, and Metcalf, yeah. your favorite place. And then mm-hmm. there's one coming to Oak Park, Oak Park Mall, Oak Park Mall, yeah, okay, yes. that's what I have. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, one coming,
0: yes, one One coming. open. So
1: Kava, yes. uh, spelled the exact same as Sava, which is the champagne bar in Westport. so You know, I don't know how they got away with that Mm -hmm. as far as uh, trademarking. Not the same thing. Kava is, uh, I mean, it's essentially the Chipotle of Greek food is what they're going with uh, here. So, you you know, you have my attention. Yeah, you pick. uh, But there was no uh, Euros.
0: More bowls or yeah, what? bowls
1: and p- okay. like a Pita. So uh, kind of a Euro, but yeah, I mean, you, you pick a base. So your bases are like green salad, mini Pita, grain bowl, Pita rice, and then you pick a protein and then you pick a dip or spread. So you can add like hummus, feta, tzatziki, um, red pepper hummus, and then yeah, protein. And then a bunch of different toppings that are like cucumber, slaw, avocado, um, Falafel. pita crisp. Yeah. So, you know, grilled chipotle lamb. of Greek food. Wow. Um, and yeah, sounds really good. I like this idea again. Why didn't I think of this? I'm sure. Um, you know, these people are just printing money now, which is really fun to do. Uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's Kava. Uh, I probably won't be going there cause they're really far away and in my least <laughs>
0: favorite parts of town,
1: but, uh, like
0: you could go and then go to the Oak Park mall after to run some errands.
1: Or go to that indoor bar, golf simulator, golf simulator bar mm-hmm. with an indoor patio. Um, so, yeah, that's Kava. There's two locations, or maybe one with a second on the way, uh, both in uh,
0: 913 territory. Okay. Uh, all right. Also uh, coming, uh, guitars and Cadillacs? Yeah. That's a combination. I don't know what this is. Uh-huh. Um, Like... Is there like music there? Yeah, guitars it, and Cadillac. you got Cadillacs. to drive your Cadillac. I don't think you or have to. but like it, Cadillac uh, booths, yeah. like, you know, like in a hard rock cafe. Like Sometimes it, the booths look like cars.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is like the most um, baby boomer generation restaurant concept okay. of all time. Like guitars and Cadillacs. Like if you talk to uh, millennials or younger, like they don't know that Cadillacs are significant hmm. Like, you know, if you were like when we were growing up, our parents would say, like, it's the Cadillac of something, you know, and that meant it was like the top line premium. Um, I, I bet if you ask like a, a Zoomer, like a Generation Z, like they would not even understand that reference. Probably not. And
0: Escalades, like aren't a thing. I don't know
1: what happened to Cadillac.
0: That's true. Yeah, I, I don't feel like I would hear someone younger than me say it's the Cadillac of it's the this Cadillac or that. of this or that. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's a good point. Guitars and Cadillacs. Um, this was around. This
1: started in Kansas City in 1988. Mm-hmm. Um, it is like a, a live music, country venue. music, dance bar, uh, live music venue with like a we call it like a square dance uh, bar type thing, and. Um, there used to be like six locations. So it started in Westport, uh, was the first location, and then you know they expanded to um, Northland, Over in the Park, Branson, Springfield. So if you have a if you have a country music bar and and dance floor in Branson, you've basically made it. Mm-hmm. Uh, spring. I mean that's like having a a casino in Vegas. Like I mean that's as that's as good as it gets. Um, Springfield, Joplin, Omaha, Lincoln, and Des Moines. So they had you know. They had these guitars and Cadillacs locations in, you know, three different states and six cities. Um, I guess the leases were up and they sold them all. Uh,
0: and not, not before no, the likes of Garth Brooks, Shania Twain, Grace, the Stages, really? Brooks and Dunn, too. Yeah. Wow. Holy mm-hmm. shit. But yeah, he basically said, and I didn't think about this, but country music
1: uh, is a lot bigger today than it was in 1988. And mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that's true. Country music was probably pretty, you know, small Much acts, more small niche. performances, yeah. uh, really located just to certain regions, and now it's you know big national thing. Um, so, anyways, they're going having another go at it and opening up at Rosanna Square, you know, 119th and something out there, 119th and Medcalf. I think it's next to like the old Kansas Hall. Okay, Kansas Hall closed, but then remember, I think we talked about it. Kansas Hall turned into like a a gamer
0: a, a gaming bar it a did. gaming bar or like where you can go and play so that, video I that games was, here's where i get confused one block south yes is that the same thing i think so yeah okay then yeah i think that this is turn next to, to it i think mm-hmm. i don't know it's somewhere in that area unless that gaming bar
1: already closed down which it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if it did remember we were talking about that gaming bar and we were like wait why would you go yeah it was confusing like
0: people who play video
1: games they like being by themselves and like just having a headset on setup. and being in their own home. Um, so, anyways, um, maybe maybe that already closed down and this is taking the place of the old Kansas Hall in one block south. I don't know. Um, I guess I should know because it's our role. To know, but I don't. Um, so anyways, yeah, Guitars and Cadillac. If, if you're one of our many listeners over the age of uh, 50 and you have fond memories of this place, um, let us know uh, what it was like. But it sounds like it was bumping in Westport back in the day.
0: Uh, all right. Well, yeah, Google Maps points to a place called Schmidt Music, like in a strip mall.
1: Yeah, I mean, Rosanna Park, Rosanna
0: Square, whatever. We're kind of by that Hobby Lobby uh-huh. 119th. Yeah, we'll see uh because we'll be out there to check it out very soon. Definitely. Very soon. We'll follow up on this. Okay. Um all right, next up we've got uh Cafe Cafe. I think so. I think that's how I would say it in Columbus Park, uh just east of the City Market, uh opened up over the weekend. So, we've got a Kansas City's first Vietnamese coffee shop. That's right. In One of the oldest neighborhoods in Kansas City. Yeah. And I think a neighborhood with a lot of uh,
1: Vietnamese immigrants or at least um, Vietnamese uh, heritage in that neighborhood. Um, So Jackie, Jackie Nguyen is opening this. She is from New York City or from San Diego, I think. And then she was on a Broadway. She was a Broadway performer in New York City and then left New York City during the pandemic, moved to Kansas City in 2020. Opened up uh, Cafe Cafe, right? That's that's how it's spelled. C-A-P-H-E. Out of a food truck in 2020 and then now has a brick and mortar. Yeah, it's the first coffee shop in uh, Columbus Park and the first Vietnamese coffee shop in Kansas City. Um, It's really close to Vietnam Cafe, which is a popular restaurant down in Columbus Park. There's a uh, bakery next door that used to be open really only one day a week, but is now going to be open more frequently because they anticipate more foot traffic because of the popularity of uh, Cafe Cafe. Uh, this is at Fifth and Campbell, Harrison, in between Campbell and Harrison on Fifth Street in Columbus Park uh, down there. So the neighborhood's it's
0: on the up and up. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's doing good things. Good. Uh, all right. Let's see. Next up, uh, we've got... Zero Zero Pasta, uh, which is coming to Kansas City. A, a, a pasta lover, Mitch Fagan, started this place, right? We talked about it. I know. Okay. Okay. Any relation to our friend? I don't know. Did, we'll have did, to ask. Did, did we we'll we have, ask? have to ask. I mean, a Fagan from Kansas City. I would imagine there maybe there's some a relation. a massive, massive family. Yeah.
1: Um, so, yeah, we talked about this. Zero Zero Handmade Pasta. Last time we talked about it, it was a concept where during the pandemic, this couple um, really got into making pasta at home, just like everyone picked up you know, bread making and pasta making and different hobbies. Um, they got pretty good at it. They started to enjoy it. They started making handmade pasta for friends and selling it to friends. And then they started a Facebook page and they started selling handmade pasta out of their house. Um, and then they turned it into a legitimate business uh, and they were working out of like an old kitchen, uh, I think somewhere in on the west side, uh, which was the neighborhood that they lived in. And now they have like, now they turned it into a real business. Now that's a real brick and mortar shop that's open four or five days a week. Um, and they have a rotating pasta weekly. So um, each week they'll kind of rotate which pasta they're making because it's a small operation. It's just like one manager and four employees hand making this pasta. Um so they're gonna sell that. They're gonna sell like some of their own sauces that they're making. They're selling like local um like olives and tomatoes and cheese and other um locally made stuff, Italian Italian food mm-hmm. stuff.
0: And yeah, I mean this looks pretty sweet. I definitely want to try it. Yeah. Well you can sign up for a subscription for it too. Oh subscription. So basically model. like it'll you can sign up for like a monthly subscription, a weekly subscription, and you just get a, a pasta get delivered, pasta right?
1: To you. Yeah, because yeah. it origi- it was before this brick and mortar shop. Last time we talked about it, it was delivering pasta to your house, like wrapped mm-hmm. in in you know the 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 ice packs that yeah, HelloFresh comes in.
0: And this will be the the subscriptions are all like stuffed pasta, like tortellini, ravioli. Ooh. All of those good things. Yeah. So, so now the brick and mortar shop it's, and pasta. It's on the
1: west side. It's at 17th and Summit. It's a little tiny place, but uh looks awesome. I
0: love this idea. All right. Uh, also, making a big return, a big splash. That's right. Coming back Ooh. is the Zambie Zinger. Yeah. Uh, Zambezi Zinger. Zambezi Zinger. Uh, which is coming back to Worlds of Fun after a hiatus. How long was it gone for? Uh, it was dismantled in 1997. Okay, which I was longer... surprised it was
1: that long ago because I have m- distinct memories of the Zambezi Zinger. That was the first
0: one I ever wrote. Yeah, first roller coaster I ever wrote. And
1: 1997. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I was, because I, I was nine, mm-hmm. eight, eight, eight years old. Um, but uh, but yeah, it is. It was dismantled in 1997. So Zambezi Zinger was one of the three original roller coasters when worlds of fun opened in 1973 um and they're bringing it back for the 50th anniversary so worlds of fun opened in 1973 next summer is the 50th anniversary so they're bringing back the zambezi zinger with some updates um it was always a you know pretty family-friendly coaster It I, it, it, I it just went up a yeah,
0: circle and then back down that's essentially what it yeah. did
1: yeah um just kind of circled around up and yeah but uh, I think there's some updates to make it a little more, I guess, thrill, a little yes. higher on the thrill scale, um, because it was pretty soft, if we're being honest, with a nod to the past. It looks like it does kind of have that spiral, correct, staircase. Yeah. I call it, but it was it was a pretty soft coaster. Like mm-hmm. like you only rode like once once you were once you rode it, you were like off. Oh and when and you when you were like 10 years old you're like oh that, that coaster's coaster is not scary enough for me and yeah. you, and you were basically a wimp if you wanted to ride the Zambezi zinger because it it, it wasn't the mamba basically and i don't want to spoil cuz we're doing the mixed plate of world's of fun/ocean oceans of fun rides um but you know the zambezi zinger was
0: it was pretty soft mhm pretty pretty it was it was a, a, it, was a classic. Yeah. it was classic it's a classic my
1: first roller coaster i don't want to you know it's a classic, but yeah,
0: that one and the the kids one that uh, was like the, It was like a hungry caterpillar maybe or a worm of sorts. Oh, you I think a worm. Apple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those two. Yeah, I remember distinctly. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, all right, uh, next up, let's uh, let's move into a little what we try this week. Uh, this week, I felt I've never done this before, like gone to like a restaurant or a bar and then. Ordered in food mm-hmm. to that place. Yep, uh, it's a it's a move that I just I, I hadn't done before. But uh, we went to Strange Days Brewing uh, Brewery down in uh, City Market for Tottenham versus Tottenham. Chelsea, which D- amazing game. I'm I'm still protesting. Yeah, still protesting. <laughs> uh, Did you sign the petition? I are the, like because pulling a, another man down by his hair apparently warrants. It's not in the it's not in the rule book, Kevin. Okay. Um.
1: Yeah, like I, whenever I see petitions, mm-hmm. petitions in general, like there were like ten thousand Chelsea fans have signed a petition to not allow um, Anthony, whatever his name is, the referee to ref a Chelsea game again. And it's like who petition for who? <laughs> like what? What process? Where in the Premier League process would they ever put... starting a
0: movement. Would they ever put something that
1: says, like, if 10,000 Chelsea fans... If 10,000 people sign up a petition, we will... uh, But what? You're
0: talking about it. (laughs) Who's going to... You're talking about it. Who's going to be affected by this petition? What rules are going to change? You know the referee's name now. You're talking about it. I'm talking about it because it's it's dumb. And Chelsea fans
1: need to get over it. And, uh, I mean, yeah... They brought this on themselves.
0: This was, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I do love the <laughs> the atmosphere of Strange Days, what they do, turning it into yes. uh, a soccer bar. It Sunday was morning, Saturday Sunday morning mornings. at 10.30. It was packed. Packed. Uh, they've got a great outdoor patio. Uh, there's a ton of restaurants down in the city market that do like DoorDash and Uber Eats. So it's very easy to get food there. I got some food from, um, it was called the City Market Cafe. Mm-hmm. And just got a, a breakfast burrito and a cold brew, got got recharged right up. Yeah, very good, very good. So easy. Minsky's is right there too, so it's easy to just grab food, go in. Um, and yeah, yeah. So, anyways, yeah. It, Chelsea's got no reason to be upset. <laughs> um,
1: they, they 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 couldn't they couldn't. Keep it together. They, also, they lost the cool.
0: Also, I got to give a shout-out to one of the beers that I had, uh, the Summer of Sun. It's a, a wheat saison, mm. and it's got hints of ginger in it. Love that. Uh, it's fantastic. I wish I would have had this beer earlier this summer because it it hits very well for the summer. All so right. think like Tank 7 with a hint of ginger. Ooh, it's really good. Like that.
1: Um, all right, this week I tried a couple of things. Um, I'm back on my Euro kick, so... Uh, If you don't know, I'm uh, attempting to try um, every euro in the city. So if you uh, have a good euro uh, recommendation, definitely send it my way. I've gotten a lot. And one of the ones that I got recommended was uh, Zaina. 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 What do you think? Um, Z-A-I-N-A. Zaina. Zaina. Zaina is a Mediterranean uh, restaurant that used to be downtown and moved to um moved to what's it called the crown center okay in in the crown center shops like indoors it took the place of the bronx in crown center um so i got that euro very very good euro um the uh this is coming now uh ranked number four on my list of best euros in kansas city Um, made the mixed play yeah um the meat, the lamb and beef was sliced just a little too thick. I like it thinly sliced, like more shaved than like, s- than like sliced. Great, um, great bread though. Great uh, pita or non bread, whatever. And um, maybe a little too much dill in the tzatziki sauce, but but great bread. Great crinkle fries. I think crinkle fries are the best fries. Um, so I'm a little biased there, but. Uh, It was a little on the smaller side, so I wasn't, like, super full after the meal. But that's okay. It was a lunch. I don't need to leave lunch stuffed. Um, But, yeah, this falls in number four on my list. So, um, recap. Haha's number one. Papu's, number two. Mediterranean Market, number three. Uh, Zaina, number four. Mad Greek, five. Jerusalem Cafe, six. Tasso, seven. Max's, eight. Mr. Euro's nine and Schwarmer um, <laughs> Schwarmer by the Costco number 10 there. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I've got like at least 12 more that I know I want to try. So we'll see. I'll probably have a top 20 list by the end of the year. Maybe that's ambitious. That's <laughs> ambitious. But I mean, someone has to do it. I have to do it. Okay. Um, I also tried pizza Tassio this week. I posted it on the Instagram. Um, you know, it's a little overhyped. Um, okay. That's I, big I think it's um, I think it's I think it's good pizza I think it's fine um, But uh, You know nothing, What did you get Just a, a standard I got a pepperoni or pizza Yeah okay. I try not to get too fancy Because I know it's like New York style pizza and, and you really You know Just do cheese Or just a few toppings um, So I just did a pepperoni pizza And um, Yeah I mean Yeah I mean The crust is The crust is subpar The crust just isn't okay. very good Um and the, the pizza itself is, pr- is pretty good. You know, it's pretty good. It's just maybe the, a little overhyped. The crust isn't great. Over-hyped. It's overhyped. So this okay. is, yeah, but North Kansas City, they're opening one in Overland Park as well. Um, it's, a, it's a fun, cool place, but um, yeah, it's just okay.
0: Okay. All right. Um, okay, so next up, we've got our interview with Tucker Franklin. Uh, he was the producer of this podcast mm-hmm. for a little while. Back now he's... Day. Uh, over at Kansas
1: City Sports Network. Now he's just uh, taking a bunch of camp videos. Yes, TikTok Tucker. I think yes. is what they're calling Camp him.
0: Tuck. Camp Tuck. Camp t- TikTok. Uh, but uh, so he's been grinding at camp, watching every single day, breaking down film. So uh, we're gonna get into uh, his his takeaways from camp and preseason game number one. All right. Today, we are joined by a friend of the show, Tucker Franklin, to talk a little bit about uh, the Chiefs and training camp and preseason week one. Uh, Tucker also was the producer of the State Your Line podcast. Uh, Tucker, congratulations. We won Best Local Podcast in Kansas City Magazine. So that's incredible. Well, we sh- we share the honor with you. We share the honor with you as you produced us through most of it.
2: Well, through some of it, I don't. I shouldn't get <laughs> very much credit for it, to be honest with you. You guys did all the heavy lifting, uh, but no, it's great. I'm glad to hear it. I think I saw that on Twitter. I don't. How long ago was that? All these days just, run together. But.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say. I'm sure your past month has just ran together as just like one big experience. Are, are you in St. Joe? Like, have you just taken up residence there? It seems like you've been there every day for the last month.
2: You know, I had an Airbnb for the first weekend. I got an Airbnb just to kind of stay up there. But I, I live up north, so it's not too far of a drive for me. But it's gotten to the point now where I'm like, I'm tired of driving to St. Joe. It's it's a good 45 minutes, so that's a good, you know, uh, add those two numbers together, time of, of drive time. And mm-hmm. I think that it's just... It's really wearing on me, and I think I really have it worse. I have it tougher than the players do when they, because they're staying up there. They're fine. Mm-hmm. They're, they're doing it. I have to drive back and forth. So uh, I've gone through a lot of C4 energies. I'm just not sponsored, but, like, I just have a ton on my desk right here. So that's probably not good for my heart or my health, but we're here. We're making it still.
0: Yeah. And uh, you're doing this with Kansas City Sports Network uh, up there, putting out content every day. Uh, Tell us a little bit about kind of what you're doing at Kansas City Sports Network now and what we can expect uh, from you going forward with them.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, just recently went full time with KC Sports. Congrats. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. uh, On my birthday what a day to go full time on your birthday, by the way. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, that was a, that was an exciting day, uh, kind of a grassroots kind of thing with KC Sports Network so starting covering Kansas City sports, all the Kansas City sports, um, BJ Kiss will be in the, being our, uh, czar of all things, uh, over there. So, um. Man, we're doing a whole lot. We've got, uh, when it comes to the fall, which we're literally almost there to the fall, we're going to have 26 shows coming out uh, a week. So 26 shows a week coming to you. And it's kind of like an a la carte type of deal, right? So no offense to like anyone, to like sports radio hosts. Like that's a very tough job because you have to be an expert on the Royals, on the Chiefs, on Mizzou, on KU. That's tough. But from our point of view, what we want to do is get all of the experts together in one sort of field, and we will give it all to you, right? So we have a Royals channel, we have a Ku channel, we've got a Mizzou channel, uh, and of course we have a Chiefs channel with with tons of Chiefs experts on there as well.
1: Should we so, start a Tottenham channel, Tuck?
2: Listen, I I think that there would be an elect. There's a there's a large Kansas City tangent of like Tottenham fans, like more than people think.
1: Yeah, we went Maybe to. Down strange days brewing and great place. It was, it was packed.
2: Yes. Always packed. It's always a great place. Always a great time to go and, and go down there with those folks. I haven't been down there yet. I should have went down there on, uh, on Sunday. Um, what a game that was by the way, but yeah, no, we're, so our, 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 goal is to give you the best content from the best people. Um, and not just, to. and I know that, uh, Srim Petra is one of my, one of my favorite, uh, guys to listen to on sports radio he does a good job of you know covering all the bases and stuff like that but that's hard like he makes that seem easy um and guys like that make that seem easy that's so hard to follow all that stuff so having people to individually focus on specific things and give you that content is one of the things that, that we mainly focus on
0: mm-hmm. yeah so uh i know right now you're you're diving into a little bit of the mizzou content yeah, too yeah. uh so i know you're doing that but then right now you've been focusing a lot on the chiefs so You've been up at camp. Uh, Let's see where to even start. I know you like the big guys up front. I know you like watching them at camp. Uh, So on uh, up front, who's been your your um, camp crush so far of the big uglies up there?
2: Well, it's hard not to love Creed Humphrey, right? That dude, mm-hmm. um, especially in the first preseason game, there was a clip going around of him blocking three p- different people on the touchdown. I don't know if you guys saw that, but he <laughs> he blocked three different people in the on the touchdown play to Blake Bell. Um, he's fun. The, the actually the security guard up there, uh, the head security guard, was like looking at me very at the very first day of camp. He was like looking at me, and he just like kept looking, and I was like, "Can I, can I help you?" And he's like he's like, "Are you related to Creed Humphrey?" And I was like, "Wow." Whoa i'm not <laughs> what a like, compliment all right and I, and he's like he's like well you look just like him so every time i go up there he's like baby creed what's up um which is kind of funny because creed's a year younger than me um <laughs> so that's like uh, one of those things that but i mean he's been playing really well i think uh you know trey smith has been the absolute steal of the 2021 draft i don't even think that's debated at this point because he's a six-round pick he's become an incredible staple he'll be in he'll be an all pro um I just think that that's wow. An that's a find. fine statement.
3: All
1: pro.
2: I'm saying it. Not right. maybe not. Maybe not this year, but I think eventually I yeah, Trey think Smith he, will be an All Pro. Yes, I think so. Um, tough to do, especially because there's like you only get like two of those right, two guard positions. But he's good. Uh, Joe Tooney, obviously, very good at what he does. Uh, Andrew Wiley, I think. Well we could talk about that if you if you'd like with the right tackle position. Um I went into camp thinking that it was gonna be an open competition between like him and Kennard. I I don't think that, that that very quickly became no, this is Andrew Wiley's job, just because I don't think it was um Kennard's fault necessarily. I don't think I I don't think cannard is there quite yet. I will say that. But I think that Andrew Wiley was just like, okay, yeah, this is our best right tackle guy right now uh lucas yank still hasn't came back from his torn patella injury in his knee which is somewhat concerning um but yeah i I think that's kind of the big story obviously orlando brown coming back that dude didn't really miss a beat Uh, he looks really good he looks like he lost some weight he looks a little bit more mobile with that so the offensive line looks good i know the second unit did not perform very well in the preseason game nor did the third unit um that's a little so not very deep Right. Not very deep in that position. I think they've got a, a few guys like, um, Kennard didn't play, uh, particularly well, but that's tough going for your first NFL, NFL action at right tackle. Um, but yeah, I think, I think the, the depth of the, of the position could be better, but they've got guys that can, that can fill in when, when need be. And I think that's going to be important.
1: Yeah. One of the positions that, um, I think kind of has some depth, but at the same time, I don't think a ton of skill is, is, uh, is cornerback. Um, I, I don't know enough about the, the cornerbacks. And I know we always play more than like we say we're going to play. So, you know, we out the season with like three quote unquote, starting cornerbacks, but you know, a lot of times there's four or five in the game at a time. So McDuffie Sneed, I, I assume Fenton who rounds out that, that cornerback position and, and who do you think uh, is good or who did you like?
2: Yeah. Um, it was really surprising when the chiefs cut Lonnie Johnson uh, today. I think that because especially they traded for him now, they traded like a 2024 conditional seventh round pick or something like that. Something that's not even real. Uh, they traded for him. Uh, so I, I don't think that they were, they did they that they got the return that they anticipated from Lonnie Johnson. Um, I was a little disappointed with him and kind of the first, Few practices leading up in the first preseason game, he just didn't didn't separate himself from where he should have. Uh, DiCaprio Boodle has been one of those guys that is is getting a lot. Great of name run. too, a, a wonderful name. Um, yeah, I, all name team for sure. That he should make the team just because of that, um, <laughs> and I think that he might be one of those guys that comes in and plays in the slot a little bit. Um, he might be the guy uh, that goes in there, but yeah, I mean, they've they've got a lot of a lot of quarterbacks, but you know that Brett Veach doesn't like to invest at the top level. He did this year mm-hmm. with Trent McDuffie, but he also went out and did what he did in the undrafted free agent market and also the late rounds where he's drafting these cornerbacks, these safeties. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see. The Chiefs immediately started off in nickel where they had five DBs on the field and they brought, they're not going to be in base very often, right? So they're going to bring in as many DBs as they can. Um, so how they use those DBs is going to be, incredibly interesting i'm i'm excited to see what the second depth chart is going to say now it's unofficial and nothing like andy reid doesn't make it or anything but it's still kind of fun to look at and analyze and it gives us content to talk about which is always great um so i'm really curious to see how that looks after they do they do cut lonnie johnson and where they put uh, a couple you know zia johnson a guy from marshall that they selected where they put him at or where they put you know brian cook in that depth chart because where he did yeah incredibly good, but I think there's a lot of, there's going to be a big learning curve too with that secondary because there's so many rookies and there's so many new players there. The communication you can tell is off. Um, there's a couple route passages that I think even on the touchdown at the Bears score, the first one on the running back angle route just didn't get passed off right. Um, there's a few like that. So it's going to take some time with this defense to kind of get everything worked out.
1: Who's, who's our third linebacker.
2: Elijah Lee. That's probably who it's going to be. Um, which I, I don't think there's anything wrong with Elijah Lee as being the third linebacker. I know a lot of people kind of want Leo Chanel there. He he'll get there eventually. He he played a lot. He play, he played a ton in that in that preseason game, which they played him at the that um, the Sam linebacker, and then they put him back in to play Mike linebacker um, later in the game, calling plays and getting the green dot on him. So they wanted to see how he acted, reacted there. I thought he played well in the in the limited reps he did get at the Sam and at the Mike. I think he played even better, so um, that's encouraging to see. But I think Elijah Lee is going to be that guy who's how do I? I think he's going to be very Anthony Hitchens' esque where he's going to like just do his job and like you're not going to notice Elijah Lee a whole lot. He'll be a third linebacker too, so he's not going to be on the field a whole lot. Like I mean, like I mentioned earlier, they're going to be in dime or nickel a whole lot. Um, they want extra DBs on the field. That's the strength of this team. Well, hopefully it's the defensive line, but getting more DBs on the field is is better uh, than having, uh, you know, linebackers that can't cover. So, mm-hmm. um, and it's hard to find a good coverage linebacker. So I think Elijah Lee will be that guy for the time being until Leo Schnell can really grow into it.
0: Yeah, and I felt like just looking over that, the the first depth chart and thinking about who's going to make the roster. Really, I thought linebackers improved year over year from last year, but I thought that was more about subtraction in addition like okay ben neiman's not gonna play anymore hitchens is gone uh and and i like leo chanel And so i thought and i like elijah lee so i thought okay there's a group that we improved at but other than that it it, for me it was hard to look around and and definitively say this position group got better from last year um where do you see a position group that you think maybe got better year over year yeah
2: that's a good question i i when I started thinking about that, you know, the cornerback room, they lost Charvarius Ward, who a guy yeah. who made good money. Uh, who I, I I, was always a Charverius Ward fan. I know there's some people that don't like him. I like Charverius Ward. I like Rashad Fenton, too. I know there's a lot of people that don't like him. Um, I've always been okay with what the Chiefs have gotten at cornerback, but that, that's uh, the, the position I think. Stay with me for a second. Okay. 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 The position group that I think got better is wide receiver. And I'll tell you why, because I think the versatility at wide receiver, the versatility at wide receiver makes the position group better. You don't have to rely on Tyreek Hill to carry the whole group. The, The gap between wide receiver one and wide receiver two was massive, was huge. And now you're looking at a gap between wide receiver one and wide receiver two. It's not as big. Now, the talent might not be as big, right, as wide receiver one is. But I think the group as a whole is more talented from top to bottom. From one to four is a lot better than one to four has been in years past. And you even look from one to six, you say, let's say Darius Fountain makes wide receiver number six. I don't think Josh Gordon's making making the team. Um so then you, Justin Watson is number five. I think Watson is shown to be competent as a wide receiver, which is always good if you're, if Dave Tobe's going to get his special teamer that he wants, which is going to be Justin Watson. Um, if he can be competent as a special teamer that, or as a, as a wide receiver as well, that helps. It looks like he's going to get some reps with the ones that today at training camp he got some reps with uh, Patrick Mahomes and, and the other guys at wide receiver. So I think from top to bottom, if you look at the talent of the position group, I, th- I think it's wide receiver. Yeah,
0: it's still tough to say, though. Like, you lose Tyreek Hill, so it's it's still hard to convince me. Like, I, the reason – one of the reasons the gap was so big was between one and two last year is because Tyreek is that freaking good, right? Yes. So it's hard – that one's hard to convince me. So that's what – the only thing is then I look at that and I'm like, man, where – did we improve? But then, again, we were, uh, you know, uh, so close to the Super Bowl last year. But it's hard to uh, – to then see a team not really uh, make improvements and then you know be able to take that next step, so I'm like kind of cautiously optimistic this year. I know my our standards are like insanely high right now because we're returning a team that is good enough to make the Super Bowl, and I'm complaining like, where did we get better? But uh, that's that's kind of how I thought. So, um, but I got up to to camp this year and had a lot of fun. Uh, since you've been there. One, are you a autograph seeker? And number two, who's the best adult male autograph seeker you've seen up there so far this year?
2: that's a good question. Uh, no, I'm not an autograph seeker. Um, i I don't know. I've never really have been, even when I was well, I take that back. i I kind of was when I was a kid, but then like I was doing it, and I was like, this doesn't there's something weird about this, right? There's something weird about me asking this grown man to sign this lunchbox that I have. Um, I always hated the kids that called them like Mr. Jones,
1: Mr. Mahomes, Mr. Mahomes. Can you sign this? Mr.
2: Kelsey. Yeah. I was never a yeller at the, I would just like hold it out because I don't know. There's something, there's something really weird about just like asking somebody, especially as a grown man, this goes to like the adult autograph seekers as a grown man, asking another grown man to sign a Jersey or like sign a shirt. That's incredibly weird, um, but the, weir- the, the, the most active adult autograph seekers, they don't, they don't happen on, the, on the, the railing. Where they happen is they happen uh, at the union, so that's where they go and get lunch. So after practice, there's like a little walkway, and they have it roped off. They will go up to this walkway and try to get the players to come to them and sign like a football. Or they'll sign like a jersey or something that they bought at the team store 15 minutes ago um, and that's it they go up to these players when they just got done with practice they just got like out of the ice bath or something they're just going to get lunch that's all they want is just what they just want to go get lunch and they're up there hollering at them, asking for autographs it usually doesn't work sometimes it does um, because I think that sometimes the players just feel bad for them um, is a lot of the times just like man this dude's trying to make a living off of my signature right now. So,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, I, yeah, so when I was a kid, I, I used to like to get autographs, but I didn't like the pursuit of the autograph, if that makes sense.
1: Um, what does Andy read during practice? What does he do?
2: Mm, he walks around. He's he's like a – I'm trying to think of a good, good description of what he does. He like patrols. You know, like uh, – you know when you were in high school and you were sitting at lunch and they're like the principal or somebody who's just like walk around at lunch? Like that's what he does. And you hear him every now and again get on to people. Like when, when something doesn't look good, he'll he'll yell at people. But that's usually what he's doing. He's just like walking around looking and making sure everything's going in tip-top shape. But, I mean, man, Eric Bietamie, that dude that dude gets after it. That dude yells, he cusses, doesn't care uh, what kids are around. It's not a, It's not a PG practice for him.
1: What? Uh, yeah, because I always wonder, like, what? How can Andy Reid like actually coach during training camp, and and what he can actually do? Because I assume most of what he does is, you know, behind the scenes, and and as far as like more of a CEO of the franchise and of the football team than like an actual coach, right?
2: Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a good way to put it, right? Uh, as a as a CEO, because he doesn't, he's not the offensive coordinator. He's got somebody running the defense, so he's more of uh, focusing on big picture stuff, and I and I always tell people this too when they look for, they're like, oh, where's Andy Reid? I was like, look for Patrick Mahomes, and then you will find Andy Reid. Uh, yeah, because usually point. that's that's where it's at. He's staying with Patrick. He's you know they're always having a dialogue about what works, what doesn't, um, type of deal, especially this early in the season, trying to get everybody comfortable with everything. But I think that's really what he's doing is just like gauging the feelings of everybody while practice is going on what's going on. And, you know, I think Justin Reed left practice early, like at the beginning of camp. And like, I think a lot of the times it's Andy Reed saying, Hey, just go sit out. Like, we don't need you to get hurt during practice. And I think he's kind of managing practice. If, if that makes sense. I think it's more. Yeah.
1: Management um, new arrival, uh, Danny Shelton. Uh, is he the, the biggest person? I saw pictures of him today. He has the biggest ass I've ever seen. I mean, he looks like a cartoon character. I mean, is he supposed to be that big, or is he looking like he's coming into camp really overweight? Because he looks preposterously big.
2: That's a really good question because I haven't actually looked up what he. I'm gonna do a live lookup right now. What he weighed in at, um, but he is large. Like that dude is thick with like 17 scenes. Like the, it's, the calves,
0: like, like everything, just thick. Just thick. Is,
2: it's a large human being right there. Yeah, look. Oh, there's some of these pictures if you just Google Danny Shelton and hit images. <laughs> holy cow, that's just a large.
0: Image. I I, I love. Yeah, I love the shape of our defensive linemen because you see them walk in together and you're like, oh yeah, Colin Saunders and Chris Jones play the same position and <laughs> right? and they're completely different. Then then there's Frank Clark who's slimmed down. It's like we have this very unique defensive line in shapes.
2: He's definitely a, a, a run stopper. You could say he's a he's a he's a plug filler or a hole filler. Plug filler. Uh, he's he's going to get in those holes. And there's already a couple clips out of him just like trying people trying to block him. But the running back running straight into him is just like you can't move him. And then and it's beautiful. And that's what football is meant to be. It's just large human beings running into each other. You know who else is really large? It's Carlos Dunlap, but he's a fit large. Like, he's like 6'7 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember seeing him for the first time when he ran out. I was like, I did not realize how large of a human being this is. And it just kind of throws you off. When I think that's a good thing about training camp is you get to go out there and you get to see these guys. And it's sometimes really hard when you watch them on TV. Or even if you go see them at a game and you're like sitting maybe not really close and you're sitting kind of far away and you just can't really tell how big these guys are, mm-hmm. you get to be really close to these guys at training camp and you're like, oh, these people are different. Like you're a different breed of human being if you play in the NFL.
1: How would you predict uh, it, it's going to be split as far as our edge guys? So like Clark, Carl Loftus, Dunlap, um, uh, who's the guy? Mike Dana like those four are like our four edge guys because I could make it like I could think like like each would get like 25% of the snaps really because there's no standout there um what do you think the snap splits are going to be like for those four because I one I bet they change throughout the season right like I bet the first six games are very different than the last six games because they kind of always are the way um, Spagnolo works but what what do you think is going to happen with those four?
2: Yeah, what I think is really interesting, too, is when you look at snap percentages for defensive linemen, it's very, like, you don't, they're lower than you would expect, right? Frank Clark led the led the defensive line last year uh, with 58% of the snaps. And so if you say, oh, you, he only paid 58% of the snaps, like, he's playing a little more than half the time. But what's usually true is, like, 47% was Mike Dana, Alex Okafor 41%. And then you're looking... Chris Jones played 56. That's an interior guy. Um, other outside guys: Josh Kando, 4%, Damone Harris 1%. So like, these guys rotate so much. So what I think is a is a is a ideal situation, especially when it comes to Carlos Dunlap. I think I talked about this on some. I don't know. I talked about this somewhere. Um, if he can take over that 41% of the snaps that Alex Ogafour had last year. That's a win. But now you're looking at it, and you add George Karloftis to it, so Frank Clark doesn't have to take 58% of the snaps. Frank Clark's going to be better when he doesn't have to take 58% of the snaps. That's just that's just going to be true. Um, I, I think when you start to look at Mike Dana, I'd like to see that number go down a little bit less, but he has been, he has been playing uh, well, and, and I think that that's a good thing. But when you start to look at it, I think if you can take Frank Clark down to about 45%, 40, 45%, you bring, um, so that would take uh, Loftus up to about, I'd say Karloftis about 30% would be good for him, his rookie year. And then you've got uh, Dunlap at 41%. Dunlap didn't play a whole lot in the, in the preseason game. He doesn't have to. Um, he's fine. Uh, so I think that's one of those things It's going to be interesting to see, cause I don't think he'll start, but I also don't think he's going to be the second guy off the bench either. Um, so I'm going to be interested to see how he kind of fits into the fold of that rotation. But if they can, if they can have more guys that can competently get after the quarterback, it's going to be a whole lot better uh, for every single guy on that defensive line. Chris Jones, um, Tershawn Horton, all the interior guys as well.
0: Yeah. Okay. Good. Now I feel validated in my, um, based on nothing prediction that Frank Clark is going to have a good year. Uh, And so now I have something to back it up that maybe less snaps is going to be good for him uh, to make more of an impact. So, uh, all right, we have not talked about our Lord and savior, Patrick Mahomes yet, uh, but you've been there hanging out every day. Uh, What, uh, what are you seeing from him? And then what's the, what's the craziest thing or like, thing that maybe was jaw-dropping that you've seen him do so far this camp
2: well he's done some incredible stuff already like the behind the back uh he's done a bunch of behind the back stuff but he hit the crossbar from like midfield uh that was a video that that was going around I think he hit the crossbar from behind his back too I might have dreamt that because I've been up in St. Joe for so long (laughs) But I think that he might have he might have hit the crossbar off his back. I know he did it left handed as well. So he can he's just an incredible athlete and he's he's shown that. Uh, one of my favorite things that happened uh, on Monday at camp was he was he was going at it with Rashad Fenton. Uh, he was uh, dropping f bombs and everything, saying you can't f you can't f and hold all, all practice. It won't make you better. And they were they were going at it. And I'm with that. I want mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes. John at people i want the mic'd up hard knocks patrick mahomes uh the the listen i'll pay for hbo if i have to to hear him cuss all the time um that's what needs to happen i remember people were do you remember when i think sky Moore sky more's youtube video that he dropped and people were like oh my gosh patrick mahomes cusses yeah and were, uh-huh. he so dropped an f-bomb shocked. yep yeah and they were like oh patrick mahomes he cussed like yeah he he does a lot. People would be <laughs> surprised how much he gusses, but um, yeah, no, I think that he looks good. You know, that's a big shock, right? And he looked good his first drive uh, against the Bears. Took care of business. Sat out the rest of the game. Um, I think I re- I'm really excited to see how he does with like Matt Nagy, right? I've got a <laughs> I've got a Bears fan who's a friend of mine, and I told him I was like, man. Chiefs quarterbacks look really good. I think the Bears should hire uh, the, the Bears quarter or the Chiefs quarterback coach as their head coach. They get it figured out. Uh, he did not find that very funny, uh, but I thought it was really funny. So uh, no, I think I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be good this year. Um, hot hot take from me. Old Patrick Mahomes going to be good again. Uh, and listen, more wide receivers is going to be better for him. Like mm-hmm. I, I talked about the wider receiver position. Having more targets for him is going to be better, and I, I just can't wait to see him play for more than a drive. That was a real tease.
0: Mm-hmm. Gave us. It was, yeah, it was awful. we might get two next week. We might get two. <laughs> who knows? Maybe three if if Andy's feeling crazy. But I'm okay with with two drives next week. Uh, would be fine. Um, all right, couple rookies on offense. You mentioned Sky Moore. Uh, who do you like to have a bigger impact rookie season? Sky Moore. Or everybody's favorite um rookie right now, Isaiah Pacheco.
2: Man, Isaiah Pacheco's is hot in the streets, isn't he? That mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. trending. And did he um,
0: change his name? We were talking about that.
2: I think it's Isaiah.
0: Isaiah? Did he change?
2: Or is I the spelling it's, different? No, it's, it's just spelling's just weird. Okay. Um yeah. Uh, so we we actually sat down at Casey Sports Network with, with him at the Shrine Bowl when we were out in mm-hmm. Vegas. We met him. We we sat down with him. Uh, we called him Pacheeks because like he's got he's got a thick lower half, cheeked um, up. He is double cheeked up. Um, is really what it, why we called him Pacheeks. Um I think somebody did a poll and said like Pacheeks is awful, and I was like, you guys don't know, you guys don't know the context, but. Mm-hmm. I think that I think it's safer to say that Sky Moore has a bigger impact um, in in his rookie year, just because everyone's ready to make uh, Isaiah Pacheco a one thousand yard rusher already, which is very funny. Um, can he do it? I think so. Like I think he can. I think he has the ability. I think he's got the talent. Will he have the opportunity? I don't know. I mean, you look at the first. You look at that first drive. He did play with the ones. He did run behind the 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 first team. Offensive line, but he got like I think four snaps or something like that Clyde Edwards got like seven I think it was seven three and one. Yep, that's what it was because I had 11 first-team snaps So it was seven three and one and the one was Jerick McKinnon um, So if you look at that and he's only getting three snaps out of ten Can he get a thousand yards? I mean he could it's possible, but is it likely not really? Um, so I think sky Moore has a little bit more opportunity uh, just because the wide receivers flip so much and they go and they ha- they you know, always rotate in and out. So um, I want to see Isaiah Pacheco absolutely go off and win like a rushing title or something. That'd be kind of sick. Um, just, for, <laughs> just for them to like flex of like, yeah, we know what we're doing better than mm-hmm. everybody else. Um, but I don't think it's going to happen. I wish it would, though.
0: Yeah, I- I'm OK with no running back winning a rushing title while Mahomes is our quarterback. Right. I think I'd. Yeah. Be okay with that. Be okay with that. Maybe maybe leads the league in yards per carry, something like Mm. that. That'd be sexy. Uh, Receptions. uh, Yeah, receptions. That'd be great, too. Uh, All right. Well, Tucker, thanks so much for joining us. It was fun catching up. Thanks for giving us those uh, insights from camp, too. We really appreciate it, man. All right, thanks to Tucker for joining us. Uh, we haven't actually done the interview yet as we're talking, but I'm sure it went awesome. Oh, it was great. I'm sure it was awesome. Such a good interview. Yes, exactly. So good to hang out with Tucker again. Uh, Maybe. And, and unless he cancels it. <laughs> unless he like cancels it right now, and then this minutes. is awkward. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, let's move into a uh, uh, hey look. There's Casey, Leonardo DiCaprio meme pointing at the TV. Uh, Union Station is named... The most beautiful train station. One of. One of. Not the most? One of the 37 most beautiful
1: train stations. Should this be Midwest Mad that it's not number one? No, no, no. <gasps> Kev, this is in the world. Okay. This is All most right. beautiful train stations in the world. So this includes Europe and, like, Asia. Some old and, train stations. Um, Where, no, 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 where train stations are still, like, used. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, in, in the United States... Our train stations this is an event space. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Our train stations are not really, you know, they're not updated. They're not used because we don't have train, a big train transit area. Um, so this is most beautiful train stations in the world. So um, it looked like we were ranked like 27th, um, but that's a good thing. This okay. is Architect Architecture Digest Digest, which seems pretty legit. I don't know why. Why are your magazines called? Digests. don't know mm. you want to look it up real quick yeah i'll look it up um but i mean you know we're right in the middle uh of of train stations that are in like metz france um fight switzerland kuala lumpur malaysia ishikawa japan paris france new york city kansas city right right in the thick of things so mm-hmm. uh Union Station is gorgeous. It is beautiful. It will be the home of the 2023 draft, so we'll get to show that off as okay. well next year. Uh, it's, it's funny. It's like uh, all these like beautiful train stations. It's like, yeah, well, we're having the NFL draft in yeah. front of ours uh-huh. in a parade. Let's go. Of football. Um, which I love that. Uh, so, yeah, that is Union Station. And, like, it's funny, too, because I saw the list and I was like, oh, let me just uh, control F Union Station here and Like, half of them are called Union Station. Mm -hmm. Um, So that didn't help at all. But, yeah, Union Station in Kansas City, Missouri, number 27, on the list of 37 most beautiful um,
0: train stations in the world. Random number, 37. Top 37. You know, Kevin... It's all about the clicks, maybe. Um Okay, so digest it's all about those clicks. Digest refers to a size of magazine. Oh, so magazine size that's smaller than the conventional size. Like re- that's why Reader's Digest was always that's so why small. Reader's digest is small, similar to the size of a DVD case. Mm. Um, but I bet when Digest started, DVDs didn't exist. They did not. Uh, but I wonder if it truly is digest sized because I feel like a lot of I'll, I'll see Digest on a magazine cover, but uh-huh. it's not actually small. Mm, so I wonder like, if, like
1: uh golfer's digest is not yeah, small
0: anymore. Not small. It used to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe it so, used to be, but reader's digest is definitely still small. Mm-hmm. So that's where it comes from. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. Next up. Uh, we've got our personal pine tar this week for me. Uh, I, like I said, I was at, T-Mobile for the Lumineers concert. Yes, you said that. When you are at a sporting event, so if you're at an MLB game, you know, after the seventh inning, they do not sell beers, so you can prepare for that. You're like, all right, uh-huh. here comes the seventh inning. Got to go get my last beer. NFL game, I think it's fourth quarter, right? They don't sell beer in the fourth quarter. Yeah, correct. So, you know, before the third quarter's over, go get that last beer. At a concert, you don't really know when the concert's going to end, and you don't know when they're cutting off They the don't beer have sales. a time? You, you didn't hear a time? I didn't hear a time, mm. so I didn't know when, when they were cutting off beer sales. And I get why they don't have that at a concert, because then everyone would get up and like leave, leave the concert, the concert. or they like made an announcement, like, mm-hmm. hey, beers are almost done. Uh, but it just left me in a spot where there was still a lot left in the concert, uh, and I went wasn't, go get a wasn't driving, went to go get a beer. And it was. They'd, they'd cut it off. They'd all, all been cut off. Dang. What did
1: cut you, off. How, how did you survive? Um, Just had to go to Brooksider and drink a lot more beers until 1 a.m. and yep. buy
0: a t shirt. Uh huh. <laughs> yep. Because uh, the bush light on tap still flowing at the Brooksider. Love that. You got this sweet t shirt. Yeah, t shirt I was sweet. there. A t shirt is so, sweet. Uh, but yeah, concert beers. There needs to be some kind of signal or maybe in the program let you know what time they're cutting you off You should beers. have, when you so, went, next time you go.
1: Ask the when's last call, yeah, yeah, and just like whisper it to me so that everyone mm-hmm. else doesn't hear it, and there's no rush, yeah, and just only tell me that'd have been nice, yeah, should just, have done that. When's last call? Yeah, uh, my personal pine tar. Um, so our sister and brother-in-law moved this weekend, mm-hmm. um, and um, you know, moving re- there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that goes on with moving. Moving is hard. It's difficult. Sucks. Um, it's also it was, it was hard for me not to criticize my new brother-in-law about his, uh, well, I guess not new, new as in like a year and a half ago, but <laughs> he's got this big U-Haul, and he's trying to back it up, and all I wanted to do was jump in the car and back up the U-Haul for him up the driveway, and then the U-Haul was too big to fit in the driveway, so it took everything in my power not to criticize him,
0: Um which I did not do, you and I certainly you, wouldn't do that on the, a podcast. No, you did yell that you'd get in there and drive, and people laughed like they thought you were joking, but you were not. I was not joking. No. And then I realized that I should go easy,
1: I shouldn't. I shouldn't do that. And so I stopped saying that after like the sixth time of saying,
0: "Hey, you need me to get in there and try to back that U <laughs> haul up into this driveway? Uh, a twenty foot U haul? Yeah, probably twenty five foot U haul? Yeah."
1: I yeah. wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'm not gonna sit here and criticize him and say like, "What was he thinking buying a U-Haul that big?" Um,
0: I would never do that. No, you wouldn't. I wouldn't it's do that. uh, it's like when you go to rent a car. It's a great thing when you get upgraded and you're like, mm-hmm. "Oh, I, you know, wanted an economy car. Yeah, they didn't have it. I'm in an SUV. This is great. This is great." I think the opposite is true with U-Haul. Correct. It's like, oh shoot, they had to upgrade me sizes and now I'm in this. Massive, semi-truck. massive U haul that is way too big mm-hmm. for for the stuff that you had. Like, didn't even
1: have to Tetris anything to get. Like, nothing was stacked. It was all just on one layer. The whole U haul was pretty quick.
0: <laughs> it was quick, pretty quick. But uh, thank you for not criticizing him. I would never in do person that. or on a podcast. I would never do that. Yeah, I would very never nice do that. of you. Um, all right, uh, this week we've got our mixed plate of world of world of worlds of fun. There right? it is. Uh which. I honestly hand up. I didn't know a ton about worlds of fun. It's history or anything. Oh, I, I don't know much about it either. I'm today years old when I realized it's called worlds of fun because of all the different sections. Oh yeah. Or like Europe, Africa, maybe not a great word for Asia anymore, but that's what it started at. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the but Asia. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so I, I didn't honestly, I didn't realize that. I just thought it meant like you'd have a world of fun. Yeah. Right? I get you. Um, you know who opened it up? Who? Lamar Hunt. Ah, yeah, Lamar Hunt and one of his business <sighs> partners Lamar. started it in 1973. Gym. Yeah, uh, it's been sold since a few times. Yeah, um, and change ownerships. I don't think so. But well, we, our um, good friend, our good friend Brian McGannon, is now the director of communications there. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So we need to have him on. We talk should fun. talk more worlds of fun. So yeah. I won't. Then I'll, I'll I'll spare the whole Wikipedia page, but just a fun fact. The Timberwolf. We all remember the Timberwolf. Yeah. One of the greatest roller coasters of all time was the world's top-rated roller coaster in the 1991 Inside Track Reader's Survey. Oh, I, I believe that. So I used like to a, say outrageous claims
1: about World's of Fun. Mm-hmm. Like, I used to think... Like, I think at one point I, I said them... Like, I, I
0: believed that the Mambo was, like, the tallest and the fastest roller coaster yep. in the world. hmm So... Maybe uh, that's true. And then in a... Another 1992 survey, it was named the number one wooden roller coaster in the world. Oh, yeah. I I mean, mean, the Timberwolf, then it it had a a tough, 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 uh, like 10 years there between 95 and 2005. Yeah. Someone died on it. Yeah. And then more people fell off and got hurt. Wow. Well, I remember uh, the person who died on it, like took off their seatbelt
1: and tried to get out. I remember that. Yeah. Those were the rumors.
0: Um, And then a couple other people got hurt. So I think it's still around, dog. I I don't know if people. You think I honestly? It's on their website. It is Timberwolf is still yeah okay still functioning yeah. I don't know if I'd get on the Timberwolf. Are you kidding? You would. Yeah, of course. I'm sure it's been modified. Yeah, dude. We'll ask McGannon about it. Yeah, we we need to. Okay. Uh, uh, so we're going to do our, our favorite rides. Yeah. From, it's been updated a little bit. Okay. That's so still there. Uh, we're going to do our favorite, favorite rides from, uh, worlds of fun and oceans of fun. Oceans of fun came about 10 years later in 1982 or 84. So okay. about 10 years later, that's when oceans of fun opened up right next door. So, nice. uh, all right. Episode one seventy-one. So that means you get to go first. Yeah. our right. Tough choice here. So this is, this is past and present. This is yeah, I did
1: past and present. Okay, yeah. Yep. Uh, number one, Easy Mamba. Um, I remember going in high school and and like only riding the Mamba. I think I think yeah. I rode it like ten times in a row, and it never got old. Um, it was a long roller coaster. It was the fastest. It was the highest. It had the steepest drop. Um, it had some sick bank turns that that would g you up. Um, yeah, the Mamba is sick. I, I have not been to Worlds of Fun. Um, I hope McGann is listening to this and maybe, you know, slips us some, uh, um, you know, free tickets tickets or something, but, uh, I haven't been to worlds of fun since I think like my junior year of high school. So that was, what did we determine? Like 2006? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't been since eighth grade in 2005. Okay. Yeah. So I need to get back there. Um, but uh, but yeah, the Mamba was sick, is sick. Uh, so I, I just can't wait to. I mean, it the first
0: drop, and I mean, you're going 75 miles an hour. I think. Oh, I think two hundred and fifty. Yeah, I mean, you're flying. You're hitting G forces. Your stomach's in your um, in your throat. Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, I think that's yeah. The thing. Uh, but it's 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 a wild ride. Yeah, no uh, doubt. That's a good first pick. All right, my uh, meat number one. Since you took that, I'm gonna go with the. Oh man, this one's tough. I'm gonna go with the rip cord, though. Yeah, I'm. I'm going thrill seeking here. Uh, the rip cord. If you if you haven't done it, you're a wuss. If you didn't pull the cord when you were on it, you're a beta. Uh, <laughs> be an alpha. Do the rip cord. Pull the cord. Yeah. And uh, and then free fall. It is terrifying. It's electric. Uh, no. but it it is electric. It's a ton of fun. It's probably. The most thrill-seeking ride, I, I think, at, uh, at Worlds of Fun. But, uh, yeah, let's see. How many? 189 feet up in the air. Yeah, You're going 80 miles an hour. 600 miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> it, and then you're just, I mean, just free fall. Yeah. It's as close to skydiving as it gets, I, I would imagine.
3: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Um, my si- meet number two here.
1: I mean... Uh, so I'm I'm going like favorite. I'm going with my favorites. Um, yeah. So, you know, it is Spirit what it is. Plate. Go ahead. Um, oh god!
0: <laughs> I, there was way this is more. Hard. There was way this more. Hard. There was way more than I expected. Okay, I'm going to love. I'm going favorites. Okay, Fury of the Nile. It's a good one. Yeah, it was, I respect that. It pick was one of on my, my absolute
1: list. favorites because um, you because it was the big, huge rafts, and you got to. Uh, it was like finally we get to go with our, our full group of people, and and y'all got to sit around in the same raft, and and it was a long ride, so it wasn't just like you know some of those roller coasters are like forty five seconds long. Yeah. Um, so it was a longer
0: ride, um, and yeah, I freaking love the Fury of the Nile. So that's my meet number two. Yeah, and it's uh, back in the day. I think it's all hybrid now like i think you just would buy one pass you can go yeah. anywhere but it was one of the hybrid rides yeah it was one of you the hybrid rides we could do rides, yeah. it from worlds of fun or oceans of fun so uh all right good pick i'm going to go with my meet number 2 i'm going to go with the detonator yeah the that detonator. was what i was torn between the detonator's a classic um, one of the sh- uh, it's probably the shortest ride probably and really i mean the first the anticipation in yeah, that ride that's is the like thrill. that's the thrill cuz you're you're sitting there on the ground and you can hear the machine firing up mm-hmm. and you're trying to predict okay when when are we going to take off yeah but you never can and then again it's just full speed 200 miles an hour straight up in the air 600 miles and an an then hour. free fall down and then you know that's the most exciting part you do it a few more times but your legs are dangling uh that's that's a heck of a ride and the yeah. anticipation of it is incredible
1: yep all right, side number 1 for me. Yeah, I'm going with the Timberwolf. Um Okay. I it was a, it was one of the longer ones, I think I remember. Um and I think because someone died on it, it made it scarier. Mm-hmm. And like it made it more of a thrill because it was like, yeah, you hear about this? Someone died. There's on a it.
0: there's a chicken exit for it too. Oh yeah, there was a chicken uh-huh. exit. Like so if you're too chicken, get off. You now. would wait
3: in
1: line, and there'd be the chicken exit. Yeah, absolutely. So it was, you know, you would ride on the Mamba, and the Mamba was like brand new when I went, mm-hmm. and it was like. Steel and super state smooth. of the art. And the Timberwolves is like, you need to be like shaking in your seat. And yeah, that was there, part of it. There
0: was a sign that said, like, you will shake violently. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> that's what's supposed to happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's not breaking. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's an old wooden
0: roller coaster and it shakes. So, uh, yeah, that's my side number one. Okay. Good pick. Uh, all right. My side number one, I'm going to go with, uh, oh, this is tough. Some good ones here. I'm going to go with with the one that's also not around anymore. RIP in 2017, the finishing fling. Oh, wow. You remember the finishing fling where it's just you got inside and basically spun around in circles 200 miles an hour. To where yeah. the G-forces <laughs> would, would miles stick hour. your body <laughs> yeah. to the... It's the Finnish fling. The Finnish fling? Like, the, like Finnish, the country, Finland. Uh, the Finnish Worlds, fling. Worlds of fun. Worlds of fun. Yeah. Um, and so then the G-forces would hold your body to the wall. The floor would drop. So you're just stuck to the wall. Uh-huh. Uh, trying would, to focus on one thing so you don't puke. It would hurt, I'd never
1: puke, but it would hurt my hair. Mm-hmm. Because your hair would... There'd be friction... On your hair because you kind of start sliding down, and your head would be pressed up against
0: it, and uh, yeah. But the finished feeling is a classic. Yeah, tried, and it, there's always people puking right outside of it, which mm. was pretty funny. Classic. But also, around that time, watching the movie Rocket Man, where oh, he, yeah. he experiences G forces <laughs> and then being able to is go. Is it on called the Rocket fling. Man?
1: Is that what it is? I
0: believe so. Yeah. Yeah, that was hilarious. That actor, but it's a classic. Uh, so then. Getting in and experiencing the G forces felt like an astronaut training. Which yeah, it was awesome.
1: Yeah, that's that's funny. I searched Rocket Man the movie, and of course, like the most recent one shows up. But, um, but you'd be remiss if you didn't if you didn't see Rocket Man in 1997. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a good movie starring Harlan Williams, aka the cop from Dumb and so, Dumber. Yep, Harlan Williams. Uh, great movie. All right, sign number two for me to finish things off. Um. I'm going I loved the um the boomerang, so the boomerang was a shorter roller coaster, and it was newer. I think it was like brand new Oh yeah, I heard about that newer I think it came about in like two thousand three or something um but um but forgot it would go it, it would do a bunch of loops loop loop loop, and then it would go all the way up this hill and you would stop at the top and then you would just go backwards and you do the entire roller coaster um in the reverse, while going backwards in reverse, and uh, it was called the boomerang. It was a shorter one, but it had a lot of loops, and it was pretty fast, and it was a lot of fun. So the that's loops, my,
0: the loops were fun. Lots of loops. The loops were fun. Yeah. Uh, and then okay, so I'll wrap mine up with. Yeah, I think uh, you have one more. My meet number two. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with the monsoon. Yeah, I love that, the monsoon. Dude, monsoon was great. Uh, a great, a great free fall. Going down on mm-hmm. the basically, you, you're in a giant water slide. You're
1: in a big water slide, and there's no
0: seat belts. Yes, and no there's seat no belts. shoulder harness. Mm-hmm. So very much just kind of, kind of rogue. Uh, yeah, hanging you kind on of for deer you life. kind of
1: you come out of your seat a little bit, like mm-hmm. you get a little bit of zero g. Like
0: 200 miles an hour. Yeah, going straight. I think down. it's like 350. Uh, and then getting off, and then finding a spot on the bridge. Mm-hmm. to get just soaked yeah you just stand there on the bridge and just yeah wait mm-hmm. for it wait for the monsoon to come down hit the waves and then get splashed so yeah uh, a lot of fun yeah that's a good one um
1: another questionable name but the orient express i know i was wondering if, what's that called now it's, i think it's gone because someone died on it oh okay not another death but it, it was a big loopy loopy one um but that was a good one yeah that was my first like loop experience uh-huh mm-hmm. Yeah, because that was the only that was the only one that had loops like back in the day when mm-hmm. it was just like basically the Timberwolf, the Zambezi zinger. the um, Viking Voyager is a classic. I love the Viking Voyager. Yep. That's when you're in that four person Viking boat.
0: Um, you know, shout out to the Wave Pool. <laughs> I know I had the Wave Pool on there too. Um, uh, the Sea Dragon that went. Yeah, I loved the Sea Dragon because you get a
1: little bit of the zero gs uh-huh. at the top of the sea sea dragon like you would in a in a big swing. Mm-hmm. Um I also love the Autobahn, which is just uh, little uh, electric go-karts where you oh, just yeah or bumper cars. Um that was pretty fun.
0: Um what else? The um, um, the Orient yeah. Express was replaced in two thousand four by Spinning Dragons. Spinning Dragons. Yes yeah, so but I think it's it a, is different no no it is a different
1: roller coaster. It's a different roller coaster. Yep. Just the land was replaced. Yeah mm-hmm. that was um that that was a big one.
0: Yikes um the first curve um, was called the Kamikaze Curve. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, that's the history of the Orient Express. Yeah,
1: we need to we need to make sure we grill McGannon about their uh, yes. questionable <laughs> past and and try to cancel him. Um, so yeah, that uh, you know I. I've been saying for the last like 15 years that I
0: really want to go back to Worlds of Fun and I just haven't done it. Mm-hmm. I like roller coasters. I, I, I wonder if coasters. my 30 year old self would still enjoy them. I honestly, I don't know. Yeah, I have no clue. I don't know, but uh, I'd probably be sore. I bet. Yeah. Uh, let's see if I had any other ones. The Flying Dutchman was the only other one I had. Kind of did circles and you uh, were in yeah. a cart, and it and it spun you around. I nah, think it's still pass. active too.
1: We said Viking Voyager. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, Zambezi Zinger, I guess. I mean, I, I know it's a classic.
0: I get it. And I don't, Yeah, yeah. The the big wave, the big uh, the big slide, inner tube slide at Worlds of Fun. Yeah, what was that called? Erosions of Fun. I don't know what that was called, though. But uh, that one was pretty sweet. So, all right. That'll do it for us this week. Thanks again uh, to Tucker uh, for joining us this week uh, to recap the Chiefs. Uh, be sure to follow us on social media at State Your Line. We'll see you around Kansas City.